Welcome to the Rooted and Grounded podcast. We're talking about a little bit of nothing and a little bit of something and all things that keep us rooted and grounded in love. Real talk about real life, and we're so glad you're here. Welcome to the Rooted and Grounded podcast. In this episode, we'll share some stories about our Valentines and maybe get a little too sentimental and serious. Don't worry, we'll mix in some entertaining stories as well, along with our usual update on all the things that are bringing us joy in the day-to-day. We hope you enjoy episode eight. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Rooted and Grounded podcast. How you been doing, Amy? I have been great. How about you? I've been doing well, kind of recovering from all the holiday and jumping into the new year and getting into the groove of things. Yes. And I I love all those memes you see about January being 842 days long and all of that. Like January has seemed long. January is a long month. And I, I don't know what makes it feel that way. I guess it's the coming off the high of the holidays and everything. And I think so. And and you try to buckle down and like do the right things. I think in January, like eat right and exercise and that's no fun. And nobody (laughs) likes to do that. No. Mm -mm. So we just get hangry and frustrated. That's right. So I'm glad we're into February and we're back to our true selves. (laughs) So I had one of my friends reach out to me and she said, I had to have a root canal today. And I wanted to tell you that I could, I had the choice of bringing in whatever music I wanted to listen to. She said, and I listened to your podcast instead, and it kept me so calm. Oh my gosh. That's so the I highest think level of compliment. It sure <laughs> is. And I think that's the kind of service we're wanting to provide. There you go. Yeah. Spread some so. joy, ease the pain. Yes, exactly. So yeah, I, th- I took that as a big compliment. It was sweet. So now maybe we that. need to. We need to market ourselves to dentist office offices, oh, right? Yes. <laughs> so what's been bringing you joy lately? Well, I listened to, upon your recommendation, I listened to the audio book of All My Knotted Up Life by Beth Moore. And wow. I, I kind of wish I had done the audio book version of that because she reads it. She reads it. It was so, so good. It was very heavy, you know, uh-huh. heavier than I was anticipating it to be, but um it was so well written and so good. And I feel like she told her story, but, and kind of, you know, opened up about so many things that had happened in her life to create trauma and that kind of thing. But I feel like she did it in such a respectful way for her family and those who hurt her, you know, it really, it really, I felt a thread of grace running through the whole thing. Absolutely. No doubt. I think I, I texted you the day that I was listening, I think in one day, and I was kind of in a funk that day anyway, and I listened to the chapters um, where her mom died and her grandma died. Like, I was listening to all the, so many things that resonated with things that had happened to me. I think I just cried all day. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was a good day just to kind of let it out, you know. Yeah, I didn't cry in like need a, that. Yeah, but it was yeah. so well done, and I feel like um, just the way she wrapped it up and ended it, you know, and I, I think it's a must listen for anybody or a must read, but yes. I enjoyed listening to it because she is the one who reads it. So it felt like she was just, you're sitting there just having her tell her story. 
I may go back through it that way, like have a read it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she's made such an impact in my life. I've done so many of her studies and to hear the whole backstory, things that she kind of alluded to in some of her Bible studies and to know like the whole backstory behind a lot of it. It was just. Yeah. It's a very a really brave book. Yeah. Very brave. And I very feel brave. like um, probably had to be very freeing for her to put all that out there. Yes. My favorite Bible study I've ever done in all my years was her Esther Bible study. My friend. That was Amanda one of my I, favorites too. I love yeah. that one. That's a, it's my favorite story in the Bible. And then to dig into that, that study, I even go back and read through that study a lot. So yeah, my friend Amanda and I led that one together and it was, it's been my favorite. I've also been watching, um, you know, every once in a while I'll have a chunk of time where I can binge watch something on Netflix. And so I started watching love on the spectrum. Have you watched that? No, I haven't watched that. I'm still watching This Is Us, which we can start. Oh, that's right. To. Yeah. It, it's like six seasons of like 17 episodes each season. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to be a while. It's like a marathon. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was the sweetest show. I didn't know what to expect about it. And I was hoping they did not exploit people with autism spectrum disorder. But in watching it, I had this big epiphany that you know if you if you know or if you love or have worked with people on the autism spectrum disorder there's no hiding of feelings or anything from them you know think yeah. it say it <laughs> yeah I, I was watching there. it with my niece um the first few episodes and we would just look at each other and be like think it say it you know and I learned I thought there's some lessons to take away there for all of us you know that they yeah. they clearly had their list of priorities, which we tell people to do in dating, you know, have your list and don't compromise people. Don't compromise with people who don't tick off the boxes on your list. You know, right. it's too yeah. important. For that. Well, they clearly had their list. And if there was something on a box on their list that they didn't get ticked off with the other person, they were done. They're like, nope, sorry. <clears throat> there was no like holdover of emotions or feelings or feeling sorry that they were going to hurt the other person. I mean, they truly were looking out for here's what I want. And if you don't meet that, then we'll just be friends. Yeah. And we'll move on and quit wasting our time. Yeah. I yeah. totally respect that. And they also don't hide or, or suppress their feelings, you know? Yeah. And I thought if maybe there's some lessons in dating that we can learn from people who, you know, treat the world in a very literal way like this. So yeah. I loved watching it and loved watching their stories. And also my other takeaway was the families of these young adults on the spectrum were so amazing and supporting and um, just believed everything normal for their kids. Yeah, that's awesome. Because, I mean, so, their support system makes all the difference. We've seen that does. in schools with every kid. It does. Yeah. Support system so makes I really all the loved, difference. I loved watching that one. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I've not even had time to think about anything but This Is Us. So how are <laughs> you loving watching. This Is Us? Well, we, I love it still, but I did have, I, we had to laugh at one episode. I'm not going to give too much away, but there's an episode where the mom is older by that point and she loses her phone a couple of times and they're all like in a tailspin, like she's going downhill. And I thought, well, then I'm done for. I lose my phone all the time. 
I did question myself when I watched that. I was like, oh, are these the early stages? Because Ty will tell you, um, you know, like in the mornings when I was still working my nine to five job, when I would, or eight to five, when, who am I kidding? It wasn't nine to five. <laughs> yeah, it was more like eight to seven thirty to five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I would head out to the car every morning and I was either leaving my phone or my cup behind. Yes. Every morning. So he was uh -huh. just, hey, mom, your cup, mom, your phone. So it was part of our routine. And so when I watched <laughs> that episode, I remember going, oh man, yeah, Maybe I'm in trouble. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that. And then I really yeah. lost my phone yesterday after we had just watched that episode this weekend. <laughs> so <laughs> I had to get on my computer and do find my iPhone. Yeah. And it was at, I, we had gone to like a food truck for tacos for lunch yeah. and it was there. It had fallen oh, out, you of literally left out of the like car. Yes. It had been run it over. It was not at your house. Yeah. <laughs> It got run over? Yes, but it's still fine. Like the screen is fine. It did break the little glass around the, um, one of the camera but, things. Yeah. But when I got back to the office and was sad about that, a guy there was like, oh, you can order a little cover for that on Amazon. It'll be just fine. Yeah. So, cause it didn't tear up the actual camera, just the little covering. So just a little cover. Well, yeah, that's good. I think for $9.99 on Amazon, my phone <laughs> is going to be okay. You saved your phone. <laughs> Yeah, because we found out the hard way with one of my sons shattered the back side of his phone and it was broken around there. And you have to, there's no just replacing that back side. You have to get a whole new phone. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm I haven't taken my cover off. It may be broken underneath, but I'm not even going to look. <laughs> have to it's still it. working. Camera still works. I'm just going to let it be. You know, that's the main use of my Apple Watch. I have a really old Apple watch. It won't even stay charged more than just a few hours now, but I used it more for uh, pinging my phone in the house than oh. I've used it for any other feature. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really expensive phone finder. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I, I did see a funny Apple watch. Yeah. Or get one of those like air tags or something. I saw the funniest picture the other day. It was these two girls in a bar and one of them had an air tag like pinned to the back of her dress. <laughs> <laughs> you must get lost a lot so her friends can find her. She had one of those air tags attached to her dress. So I have we'll heard about that, like for older people, you know, yeah, to have them keep an air tag on them. It's a heck, I remember when my grandmother was getting older and she had that whole big thing she had to wear around her neck. Oh, yeah. The, the whole I've uh, fallen and I can't get up. Life alert. Commercial. Yeah. yeah. Life alert. Yeah. She didn't want to wear that, but no. yeah, a little air tag would be easy. Air tag. We yeah. should design some earrings, like little earrings <laughs> or a little bracelet. Yeah. Tag, you know. Yeah. I think somebody was telling me I too, mean, the Apple right. watch would be great for an older person because you could, they yeah. could call from it, you know, yeah. if they didn't have True. their phone right with them. So yeah. And they could call emergency. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you've stuck with this as us. I'm like, I can't wait to pick your brain at the end and see what you think. Yes, we're mm -hmm. in season five now, which okay. gives you a glimpse into how yeah. lazy we've been. <laughs> That's a lot of episodes. <laughs> Don't you love the flashback and flash forward part, though? I love it so much. Yeah, I really do. Because it starts like you're almost building two stories at one time. Some of my favorite books are like that, too. So it'll flash back and give you a little piece. Uh -huh. the present. <laughs> I don't know why I like that so much. Yeah. I guess it just helps you 
understand what's going on in the present when you start to see that. Yes. And I think it's that, again, that nosy side of us where it's like, okay, they've ended yes. up here. How did they get there? Exactly. Yeah. And to know someone's whole story to be able yeah. to understand. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of knowing someone's story, I finished The Great Alone, which I enjoyed. Yes. Um, so last night I started a book called Bright Young Women. Uh-huh. Um, and it is the story of Ted Bundy's victims. Oh, not a great one to read in the bed at night. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> so it's told from the people who survived. Yes. Like I've only read, I've read about 10% of it. And so far it's about, you know, he went into a sorority house in, at Florida State and killed a bunch of girls there was a whole scene and it's about the president of that sorority is telling kind of her story from her side, her point of view. Wow. Um, you know, she survived it. Yeah. But kind of her point of view and that's how it has started. So it's fascinating. Ooh. Yeah. That's heavy. So are you going to be able to, can you read a book like that from start to finish? Or do you have I, to read a little bit and then read something lighter? And I know. I may have to get back to my non-fiction, a fiction and a non-fiction. So I have something yeah. to switch over to. I don't think I can do two fictional books at the same time. I have friends who can. Yeah, I can. But yeah. So I've got a couple of non-fiction books that I've been wanting to read. So I may yeah. switch back and forth a little yeah. bit on this. That's heavy. Yeah. I just finished one. It was from Reese Witherspoon's book club. So I thought oh, this will be good. I didn't look at the ratings before. If I had, I might've thought second or thought twice because I agree with their ratings, but it was called <laughs> A House in the Pines. Have you read it? No, but I've heard of that one. It was just a little weird. And I, it was one of those, you know, we talked last time about, do you power through a book? Do you let yourself let it go? Um, I got so far in that I was like, I have to figure out now. I was really tempted to just go find a spoiler summary. <laughs> like, what is going on here? Um, but it was kind of creepy like that too. And yeah. I spent a few days by myself out of town for work. And so I was reading it then. And it was one of those where I was like, and I think I'm done with this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let me yeah. read my Bible recap for the day. <laughs> exactly. Which also <laughs> can be brighter. disturbing. Some of the stuff in the Bible. In the Old Testament. No joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have also been enjoying spending less. I've only bought necessities and I actually went into a, um, a couple stores yesterday because I did get bored. So old habits coming back, but I'm walking around going, I don't need any of this. Yes. Yeah. It was just like a, you know, a casual walk through a store. Let's see what you've got on your shelves today, but I don't need any of it. So bye. <laughs> That's right. And if you saw something that you did actually need, you would, you could have gotten it, but right. yeah, you let it, you let it go. I felt like maybe my mindset is shifting a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if I'm that strong of a person to be able to go and not get stuff. <laughs> well, there's so a I just haven't really been going. I mean, I haven't been there's shopping. A cute denim jacket I saw in Kohl's that I was really tempted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and it's making that's me another thing. Yeah. Like if you see something you really like, if it's a place like Kohl's where it's not like the only one there. You right. can go home and think about it a while. And if you think yeah. about, oh, well, that would really be something I would wear a whole lot. And it would yes. spruce up this outfit and that outfit. Then you can go back and get it. Exactly. Give yourself time or to you ponder watch it. 
watch and if it goes on sale and it's still there and you feel you know yeah exactly and I've also been doing something um kind of mindless that I wanted to share because it's a good just a little escape and that's sticker by number it sounds like I'm a preschooler (laughs) (laughs) but there are these my daughter-in-law Carson told me about them and we both kind of got hooked on them so we sat at Christmas when we were on our little Christmas vacation and she and I, the boys would watch football games and things. And she and I were sitting doing sticker by number, but you can, if you go to Amazon or just Google search sticker by number books, and you'll see what I mean. I used to paint my numbers <laughs> as a kid. Yes. But the sticker by number is less messy and you can just, you know, you know how you and I both like to kind of be doing something with our brain while we have a TV show on. Yes. It's something that you can do that way. So cool. check out. And it's probably kind of decompressing, you know, kind of make your mind relax a little bit. It is because you can, you know, you're sitting here forming this really pretty picture, but it's, it's kind of halfway mindless, you know? Yeah. Cool. Find the sticker that goes in the number, put it in the spot, and then you build this beautiful picture. And so when you're finished, you know, like I've kind of wanted to try to paint my number, like, you know, because it turns out like a little oil painting when you're finished. Is this like something you would frame and put on a wall or not really? It's not. And I asked her, I was like, so what do you do with your books when you fill them up? And we both are just looking at each other like, eh, (laughs) it doesn't really become art I would display. Okay. But it's, it's just a little mindless thing. Kind of like my games I play on my iPad while I watch TV. Yeah. And maybe it's keeping you from, it's keeping your brain uh, young and fresh so you won't lose your phone anymore. So I won't lose my phone as an old person or lose myself. Yes. Old- <laughs> yes. My little mamma would order these boxes of word search puzzles before her eyesight went bad. She would devour books as a reader and she would sit and do word search puzzles. Like that's how she kept her brain sharp. And then once her vision started failing and she couldn't do that that's when we saw a real decline in her oh yeah so all the hours I spend on that are actually useful and fruitful we're doing it for our families yes that's right so that we can be lucid and you know on it it. longer yes Yes. (laughs) so you've been uh you've been doing some like clean out at your house yes one of my friends this I did mean to say this one of my friends texted me Saturday and she said what are you doing and I said I'm cleaning out an old purse (laughs) that's the kind of excitement I have had going on watching episode 472 this is us and cleaning out an old purse and then another day I thought well this is about as exciting I had shred day when I was like shredding things that had like account numbers on them or stuff yes (laughs) so yeah that feels so good though it does yes I love to get my stuff in order and I try to do it every January like really I have a box called if I die (laughs) yes (laughs) you know and it's got everything anyone would need you know our wills our accounts you know and our marriage certificates in there everything's in there (laughs) and so I try to like refresh that every January so it's kind of up that's to a date. good that's a really good idea once you've been I wasn't the executor of BJ's dad's estate but he was and once you've done that you know kind of yeah. 
it's nice if everybody has everything in one place yep my dad had everything in one place but it was kind of just in a big tub it was not organized but everything happened to be dumped into that tub and so I was able within a week to go and find everything we needed so yeah that's super helpful I've thought about that though because so much of the stuff I have is digital too that I've started like a digital file that has important info that people would need oh yeah maybe I'll make it if I die digital file there you go okay you've inspired me to do some more exciting work here (laughs) (laughs) we sound like we've already reached that 106 years old (laughs) yeah or so February is love month right Valentine's Day people have a lot of opinions about Valentine's Day for some people, they love it. Um, for some people, they're like, Valentine's Day should be every day. You know, um, for people who don't have a significant other, they may hate Valentine's Day. Yes. Some girls call it Galentine's Day. But we thought this month would be a good month to kind of share our stories about our wonderful hubbies. Our, we actually yeah. had our 31st wedding anniversary yesterday. You oh, guys are happy anniversary. Thank you. Y'all are headed to what? Number 33? Yes, 33 in July. So we thought we would share today some, just share our stories and maybe folks could be, you could either hear your story and our story, or maybe you haven't started a long-term relationship, marriage story yet, and you might learn some things from our mistakes and from what we're <laughs> I was going to say. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> so I um, was thinking about, we were both thinking about what is country as cornbread this time and we're going to have country as cornbread the country relationship version so here we go the little town that i grew up in had you know a local little newspaper and I'm sure I'm, I don't still read that newspaper, but I'm 99.999% positive they don't do this anymore. But part of this little newspaper was that each little community had its own section. And there were sweet little ladies in every community who would just write about the happenings of people. And this was, you know, if you think about before social media, people wanted to know what was going on with other people, right? Yeah. So when Kent and I started dating in college, one of the first uh, weekends that he was going to come home with me to visit my family, I told him, I said, oh, and you'll probably end up in the newspaper. And he's from Winston-Salem, right? Nobody ends up in the newspaper except for business or bad reasons, probably in (laughs) Winston-Salem. And he said, what are you talking about? And I was like, "You'll, you'll be in the newspaper. So we come home and visit and went to church and the little lady who wrote our community section was a precious little lady. And she always wrote about, you know, people who took trips and who, um, you know, had new things going on or had new babies or all kinds of stuff. So I told my mom when we went back to, um, to college after that weekend, I said, now when the paper comes out, you'll have to let me know if Kent showed up in it. So I think the paper probably came on like a Thursday or something like that. So sure enough, um, 
she calls and that was before cell phones. Right. So she couldn't take a picture of it or anything, but she called and she read to me what was in there. And I was like, please clip that out of the newspaper. I, I do still have it tucked away in, you know, in old newspaper clippings. So we thought we would start by just kind of talking about how we met. We talked about it a little bit before, and I alluded to this. If anybody listened to our radio um, broadcast that we did, I alluded to this. But BJ and I met at the Blue Ridge Mall, which is our little mall here in Hendersonville. And it everybody thinks that's hilarious but truly back then we had uh what was called the spaceport that was the arcade and mm. you just kind of cruised through there and found the cute boys so <laughs> I was there. to see what you like and yes but I was at the mall with my parents my whole family <laughs> had gone to the mall like we didn't have much to do back then so <laughs> Oh, and I had a friend with me, so I had spotted BJ, and he had spotted me, I suppose, and we had kind of made eyes at each other walking through the mall throughout the evening, and so my parents were like, okay, it's time to go, and I said, hang on a second, and I went over there <laughs> to him and talked to him and came back to my parents, <laughs> and my, I got lectured all the way home. You know, Did they watch nice you do this? Yes, they were standing there awkwardly as I did this, and I think we're horrified. <laughs> And so I got a lecture all the way home about how nice young ladies don't go up to boys in the mall. And so, but hey, it worked out. (laughs) I think so. And I think they would say now they're glad you went and chatted him up in the mall. Oh, yes. I think now if we split up, they might take. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So Kent and I met at Mars Hill up in Mars Hill had a radio station at the time. It was like a campus radio station. And he's always been involved in radio, TV kind of stuff, you know, throughout his life. And um, I went up there with another guy who was a good friend of ours. So we were both kind of seeing other people at the time. And he, he took my, for some reason, I guess I had my shoes off or something, my tennis shoes. And he hung my tennis shoes from the window of the radio station. You know, then I thought he's a jerk, but it was that kind of playful flirtiness I guess yes and we actually didn't end up you know like from that night on ooh, we're gonna go out together we ended up just becoming the best 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 of friends and we hung out together all the time and because we hung out together all the time we don't even know kind of when our first date was when our first kiss was neither of us We both have different stories about when our first kiss was, but we really just kind of started as really good friends and morphed into dating. So we don't have a first date anniversary or anything. That makes a great relationship usually when you're friends first, you know? I think so. And, you know, when the times have gotten hard, I think it's that friendship basis that's helped us more than, you know, any like a romantic, the romantic part of our relationship. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because BJ and I have, we've just been able to be great friends. Yeah. Through the years. You probably had to be friends for a little bit because of your parents, right? Oh, he's just a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like our first date, if you want to call it that, they wouldn't let me leave the house with him. Like he had to come over there and sit. That's hilarious. Yeah. So they were good parents. They were looking out for the girl. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing that happened with us was, 
then we got engaged when I was 17. I was a senior in high school. Oh. <laughs> well, my parents, it's like, oh, you think it's bad that I talked to a boy in the mall? Hold my beer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna this. get engaged to this boy while I'm yeah. still in high school yeah <laughs> what was what happened though was his grandmother really liked me and I loved her and she she had told him she was like I really like that girl and you need to put a ring on her finger before she goes somewhere else <laughs> he didn't want you to get away Yes. So that she gave it. him her diamond to give oh, wow. me like my ring is hers, her diamond. Awesome. Yeah. So it was really sweet. But and to her now, like she had, I think she had her got married maybe at 15 and had her first baby at 16. Yeah. So she probably did think we were old. Yeah. You know, we were like pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> but my daughter is appalled by this. She was like, that is insane that you got engaged when you were 17. Well, and he would have been how old? He was 18. So I'm imagining my boys at 18 putting a ring on a girl's finger as a boy. Yeah. <laughs> and I can kind of see like, whoa. Yeah. And but we did have a lot of growing up to do still. And even when we got married, I was 21 and he was 22 when we got married. We still had a lot of growing up to do, but yeah, it really worked out well that we kind of grew up together. Yeah, that's true. You know, and sometimes people can grow apart in that whole thing, but I don't know. We just chose to always do everything together. So yeah. it worked out. We ended up getting engaged um, the summer after we graduated from college because he joined the Navy, um, went to the Navy after we graduated college. And so he proposed to me kind of in between some duty stations. Uh huh. And then we got married in between two duty stations in the Navy. So we had to, we had to plan our wedding based on like his Navy training schedule. and duty stations yeah. and yeah, Navy schedule. So that's why we got married in Mars Hill in the mountains in January. <laughs> yes. I remember it being cold at your wedding. Yeah, it was yeah. cold. So it was just kind of tucked in there. We got married and less than two weeks later, packed up a U-Haul truck with, you know, hodgepodge furniture and stuff and headed to, uh, to Maine. Yeah. Just the two of us. But I will always say that just the two of us being off by ourselves like that for the first few years of our marriage was the best thing that could have happened to us. Yeah. I think Not that we had meddling families or anything, but just right. we had to be team rector, you know, and it was just the two of us. And yeah, you had to really depend on each other and lean on each other. Yeah. Yeah. I also remember at your wedding, I remember your mom just really crying. Like a lot of brides' yeah. mothers cry at weddings. <laughs> I remember your mother like, because you were leaving. Yes. You know, when yeah. I got married, I went on my honeymoon and came back, you know, yeah. so it wasn't that tragic for my parents yeah. that you were leaving. And I remember she, it was really, now, my mom her. was, my mom was a very emotional, like she was a big crier anyway. Okay. She, she was a big crier anyway. So part of it was that, but part of it was, yeah. Like, you know, I was going off and it was going to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. To be together. Even though I've been at school for four years, you know, you come home in the summer or whatever, but. Yeah, but going to Mars Hill was not far. <laughs> no, it was not far at all. Yeah, it was they up in the car and come see you at any time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so y'all ended up having a, um, and I feel like there are a lot of scenarios that could apply to this, but BJ was a football coach. 
Yes. So what was it like being, and I mean, he started doing that not too, not too long after y'all were married. So what was it like? He got his job. This was the other thing about us getting married. We got married as soon as he finished college. Um, And I still had a year of college. So he got a job on Wednesday before we got married on Saturday. Like we were legit, like, how are we going to live? Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing it. it. We're jumping in. Yeah. Yes. And so when we got, when he got his job, you know, the head football coach that he was working under was like, you know, the coach's clinic is next week. You'll need to go to that. And he's like, um, I'm going to be on my honeymoon. So I can't <laughs> go to that. <laughs> the coach's clinic is a big deal. For it is coach. a big deal. And here was the thing that happened. It was on, it was that week, his whole career. So most of our anniversaries, he wasn't home. He had to be at the coach's clinic. So, yeah. yeah. But being a coach's wife in a lot, it, it's a hard gig in a lot of ways, but I think it strengthened our marriage in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, I had to be his number one supporter. Yeah. You know, that's not a rest into that role. Yeah. Um, and I have to say like, there are so many like marriage clinics, marriage seminar kind of things for coaches and their wives, yeah. because that's I think, good. you know, I think it could have a really high divorce rate. And I think organizations like FCA, we went to a lot of FCA marriage retreats, um, who really that's see good that, that they need that. to support. Yeah. Because when you're married to a coach during their season, they are gone a lot, (laughs) you know? So you have to kind of know, I mean, you knew a lot of that going in, but there still had to be like, once you're in it, you're like, oh, I knew this was going to happen, but I may not really like it. And I did say like, it was really hard when Emma was really little, but like as she got older, she and I kind of had our rhythm. And I said, it's hard when the season starts because he's suddenly gone all the time. And then it's like an, another adjustment when the season ends, because he's here all the time, you know, and we're like, oh, we have to consult him with our decisions <laughs> now too. We have is to that consider where you're... his opinion. Is that where your shopping addiction starts? Oh, <laughs> definitely. Because he he was interviewed for this book this guy like has written some books about coaches across the state of North Carolina and so when he at when he was talking about me in that book he said my wife was the best because I needed to watch film on Saturdays because he had to immediately plan for the next game you know he said I had to watch film on Saturdays and she was awesome she took my daughter and they went shopping every Saturday And I was like, BJ, you know, that doesn't really make me sound that great. (laughs) What would you have done if you had a son? I mean, they might not have liked all that shopping. I I guess I could have watched film with him. I would have to go watch film with BJ while you shop. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But I mean, Emma has great memories of that. Like every Saturday we would go, we'd go eat lunch and go shopping and she, she loved that time. Oh yeah, she loved it. And it really kept us close, you know, yeah, that we had good. that tradition. Yeah. I love that. And we well, carried it on even after he wasn't coaching anymore. <laughs> Let me say that. <laughs> we still did. You're it. like, you can't stop this train. <laughs> That's right. We've earned this all these years. Yeah. But we ended up um we ended up having to be apart like live apart because of the military for about a, cause he was getting out and 
I needed a teaching job to pay back a scholarship that I had. And so I moved back to North Carolina. He thought he was going to be sent somewhere for a year that was unaccompanied that I couldn't go with him. So I come back, I get a teaching job and, um, maybe a week or two after I'm back home, we find out that he's been extended in Maine where he is. So oh. we actually did like a continental U.S. long long distance marriage for a while because back then teaching jobs were really hard to come by. Looking back, I might have been like, you know, forget the job. I'm going to go be with my husband. But we didn't know at the time, you know, and so we ended up spending the better part of a year long distance. And this is pre-cell phone. We would oh. actually talk, you know, Bell South was our long distance provider and we would sit on long distance and just watch the same movie on TV at the same time together and sit for hours and talk. And so one oh, you're month, fine, I get this, yeah, I get this letter from Bell South that is like a precursor to bill time. Right. And it says your long distance usage, you know, has greatly exceeded your normal usage. Let us tell you about our payment plan. And we had a I think it was over $500, our long distance bill. One month. <laughs> <laughs> you easily so, could have just paid back that scholarship money. No joke. Stayed up there. <laughs> I probably paid as much and we yeah. paid as much in long distance bill. Yeah. So those of you who have long distance relationships now and have FaceTime and cell phones and all that you do, it's not a, it's not a big deal. You'll be fine. Yes. Yeah. So We've painted a kind of a positive picture of our marriages and we do have great husbands. BJ always says our marriage is great except for Amy. <laughs> well, and I'll say too, my mama always said, um, I love you, but I don't like you right now. You know, she would, she yes. didn't say that a lot to us, but she would use that quote. And I think we've learned that sometimes that happens in marriage too. Yeah. You know, and so I will love I you no matter what, but I really don't like you right now. Yeah, so true. And I think through the years, like used to, we would fight. Now we just kind of take a break from each other and come back and it's yeah. kind of over. I mean, I think that sometimes just and talk it out. Just say like, here's where I was coming from. And then yeah. the other person, here's where you were coming from. Right. I yeah. Like we understand each other a lot more now because we do that. Yeah. And I think through the years, you've seen that, like, he's your biggest champion. You're his biggest champion. Yeah. Like yeah. you're, you're there for each other's good. And when you have that trust, it makes yeah. it easier to just work through something that's maybe a little hard. And anytime that, that something like that comes up, I um, try to check myself because it's usually because I'm being selfish and I'm thinking about something that I'm not doing or you're not doing for me or how this affects me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. So, so okay. keeping with the theme of our, um, podcast what keeps you rooted and grounded in your relationship I think for us it's just constantly remembering that all everything we do and say affects one another and most of all God God didn't put Kent in my life for what I would get out of him you know what I mean he put me in his life he put Kent in my life for what I could give to him and yes. I think it's having that kind of flip in perspective sometimes where a lot of times in relationships, we think about what can we get from it? What are we not getting from it? And then 31 years in, I'm thinking, I try to think now, remind myself, oh, what does he need from me in this moment? You know? Right. Yeah. I kind of flip my perspective to him. And you know that 
I love that. that um, love story or whatever old movie that said love means never having to say you're sorry. I just think that, I don't know about you, but I think yeah, that's, that's a bunch a of crock of crap. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's the opposite. Love yeah. means you will say you're sorry. You are willing to say you're sorry. Yeah. You you're willing to own you up, up to your mistakes or how you've hurt someone. Yeah. yeah I agree. If you think about it, we're imperfect people trying to build this perfect thing together. You know what I mean? It's never going to be. Never going like to be perfect. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so kind of owning that. And what you were saying about, I'm here to serve my husband early yeah. on in our marriage. I don't know what, you know, we were somebody needed to take out the trash or something <laughs> and you know I said something like well I did the dishes or you know tried to throw yeah. that up and BJ really early on said we're not going to keep score and yeah. and you know yeah. we've kind of through the years we try to kind of outdo each other and I have to say yeah. he's the winner on that like he definitely outdoes <laughs> me <laughs> I can't probably is too I mean he's such a and I think he does it without wanting a lot of attention for it but uh-huh for our yeah. whole family he does that a lot yeah. And there's a lot of things that they do that we don't even think about unless we yeah. take time to really appreciate it. And I think I've learned over the years too, that I think a man carries a different weight in a relationship and leading a family than we do. And I've tried to remember that too. And yeah. I think just a lot of give and take too, and ebb and flow and know that as two people, we're going to be at different, different places at different times. And we're not both going to be, you know, on the mountaintop at the same time and not both going to be in the valley at the same time. And so being cognizant of that too. Yes. Which leads and me to our next question. Like what, what advice would we give to younger couples or what would our new, what would we now at this point tell our newly married selves about marriage? Uh, I think we kind of covered it already for what I would think the answer to that is, is to understand that there is that ebb and flow. When I thought about this beforehand, I had used those exact words, the ebb and flow of sometimes one person may be in a better place than the other. And if you keep in mind what you were saying about we're there for to serve our spouse, like you help them through that time. And then you never know yeah. when it's going to be your turn when you need them to help you through and yeah. just just be each other's number one. That's yeah. And we always talk about, we're on the same team. If we ever start to feel like we're, you know, at each other a little bit, things, there's a rub there. You know, one of us will remind the other one, like, Hey, we're on the same team. Like, let's yes. get on. We want the same thing. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's get on the same team together. Yeah. Um, and stay that way and stay that way. Yeah. yeah. And it takes time. Like you need to invest time into your spouse. You do. And if life you, events you, can kind of, you know, oh. as you start having kids and when you're in full, you know, work is crazy for both of you. And I think that can, that can create some of that rub that we were talking about if you right. don't make that time. Right. And if you start feeling that disconnect, you need to be intentional about creating some time for the two yep. of you. Yeah. We just sound so. like we have it all figured out and I just feel like I don't. <laughs> we do. <laughs> You are correct. <laughs> I think too, I think too, knowing that sometimes you'll think you know the right thing to say or do for your spouse, but it's not, you know, they, they might have a reaction that you weren't expecting and just to try to kind of, you know, figure that out for a little bit, not just yeah. get mad because they react in a different way. And I still struggle with that. 
I know Kent has a lot of days where he's like, I like, you know, I love you, but I don't like you right now. <laughs> and you know what? If you're with out. anybody as much as you're with your spouse, that's going to happen. It is going to you know, happen. You can't right. live with somebody without there being a little rub every once in a while. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But in the end, you know, find the person that, um, that you feel like is going to be your best teammate, you know? So we had a couple of verses. My, my favorite is the first one. It's Proverbs eighteen twenty two. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. <laughs> let's just soak that in for a yes, moment. Yes, let's do. <laughs> that doesn't even say finds a good wife. It just says he <laughs> yeah, finds a wife. A wife. So congrats, <laughs> BJ and Kent. You did it. <laughs> One is Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. And I think that kind of sums up what we've been talking about that, you know, ultimately it's, it's hard. It's going to be hard every day. You're going to have highs and lows together. You're going to have highs and lows separate from one another, but always kind of consider that other person and don't, don't step out just because it gets hard, you know? Yeah. And it leads us to our challenge, which is how do you honor one another above yourselves? And maybe some of our listeners out there aren't even married. I, I think that challenge is great for us just as Christians as in the human. world. How do we <laughs> yeah. honor others above ourselves? And if you have honed that in yourself and you use it in your marriage, it's just going to make it stronger. So yeah, and all relationships, kind of thinking about yeah. considering the other person's perspective and where they are and considering that first. So, okay, well, we got kind of heavy there. We did. <laughs> but that's okay. It is. Well, thanks for joining us again today, guys. We really appreciate all of you following us on this journey. And if you want to be notified when uh, new episodes come out or if we're doing something new then be sure to like and subscribe follow us on instagram bookmark our website and we hope to just continue sharing some laughter and joy and just real talk about real life out there in the world bye everybody bye Emma calls this my mom dance. It calls this the concert dance. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, let me go.